Jesus said, Man cannot live on bread alone, but from every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You're listening to Daily Truth. But David feels like a sojourner. He feels like a stranger because he is surrounded by so many unconverted men who have no eyes to see, who are blind. They're blind. They go around groping in this world, in this life, but it's all they've ever known. And they've lived in such a way for so long that they think that that's what's normal. And anyone such as David who can see, they're the weird one. They're the stranger. They're the one who stands out. There's something wrong with them. Why are you not walking around on all fours and feeling the ground and the walls to make sure that you don't stumble or fall? Why are you not doing You're broken. No, 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 no. I'm whole. You're broken. But because David is surrounded by unbelievers who are blind, that's what has become the norm. That's what's become ordinary. That is what is viewed as right. His ability to see has been labeled as wrong. The people think there's something wrong with David. And so David feels as though he is a sojourner. A stranger. A stranger. Now, I want to spend a little bit of time on this. Because this is a recurring theme throughout Scripture. The idea that we are sojourners in this life. As Christians, you and I, like David, we also could theologically, accurately label ourselves as strangers or sojourners. But we need to be careful in defining that. What does that mean? Because I'm concerned that many Christians today have taken the idea of being a sojourner to essentially conclude that this world is not our home. That this world has nothing for us. And and that this world has not only nothing for us, but nothing for God. And therefore, no significance in the mind of God or the heart of God. That this world will soon dissolve like snow. And reading that from Peter's epistle in a literal sense, that this world is bad, that this world is passing away, that this world is temporary, and it has no meaning, no significance, and therefore what we do in this world is really not a big deal. All we should do is try to live holy lives, go to church, make disciples, and do the work of an evangelist. But trying to advance the kingdom of Christ in this world outside of the home in the church, for instance, in the realm of politics, in marketplaces, and economies, and vocations, and the arts, and entertainment, and all these other spheres of human society, we think that that doesn't matter. We think it doesn't matter. I don't think that that's what David means. I don't think that that's what the apostles, as they're writing epistles in the New Testament, I don't think that's what they mean. I don't think that's what Jesus means in his high priestly prayer in John 17, where Jesus himself says this, I do not pray that you take them out of the world. That's where we actually get the idea, the famous phrase, in the world but not of the world. In the world but not of the world is not verbatim a verse in the Bible. It's a principle that is, of course, biblical. We're called to be in the world 
Where do we get that from? Well, from nothing else, John 17, where Jesus precisely prays, Father, do not take them out of the world. But that comes on the heels of Jesus praying, I do not pray for the world. I do not pray for the world, but for those who you have given me. As a Calvinist, (laughs) in the term of limited atonement, I've always said, why would Jesus die for those that he's not even willing to pray for? If he won't even pray for them, I highly doubt he died for them. (laughs) I do not pray for the world, but I pray for those you've given me. And yet, although I won't pray for the world, but I pray for them in my prayer for them, I am not petitioning, Father, that you would take them out of the world. I'll leave them in the world as salt, as light. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed that grows into a large tree, that its shade, its branches cover the face of the earth. The birds of the air find refuge. The beasts of the field lie down and have shade. The kingdom of God is like a little bit of leaven that works through the whole lump of dough. Christians are salt and light, and we affect the whole earth. The knowledge of Christ will fill the whole earth as the waters cover the sea. For anyone who's feeling a bit discouraged today, I would encourage you to have clearer sight. To ask the Lord to give you more accurate vision. You know why people, I'll just say it, you know why people are pre-mill? Because they're looking at the world in the last 40, 50 years. That's why. Pan out a bit. Go ahead and grab yourself a 30,000 foot view. All right, 2,000 years, let's see how the church has progressed. Let's just look at raw numbers. We went from 12 to millions. It seems like there's an upward trend. There may be some dips along the way, but overall, it's a gradual incline. It seems as though the Christian faith is taking the world by storm. And this might not be our brightest and best moment in this church history. But we will win. We don't know exactly how. We don't know the exact timing. But we will win. We've won before. We'll win again. Because Christ has promised to build His church. And that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The church is the battering ram of Christ. And hell is not on the offense. It's not the teeny, puny, tiny church up against the ropes, holding on for dear life. Jesus will come back in the 12th round if I can just not fall down for the count. And Satan is wailing on the church, the world wailing on the church, hitting us, hitting us. We try to duck. We try to dive. We try just to withstand a little bit more blows from the enemy. No, that's not what Jesus says. No, he says, I will build my church, not just survive my church, save my church, sustain my, no, build it. Of the increase of his government, there will be no end. He rules the world with truth and power. And he is expanding his church, building his church. And the imagery that Jesus provides is that hell will not prevail. What about hell? The gates of hell. Not not the weapons of hell. 
No, the defense of hell. The gates. So the church, which is increasing, being built by Christ, is likened to the battering ram going up against the gates of hell, and hell will not be able to survive the expanse of the kingdom of God. That's the picture. And what we do in this life and in this world carries eternal significance. God is saving the world. God is restoring the world. As a special thank you for your gift of any amount, we'll be happy to send you a free digital book from our store. To access this offer, visit rightresponseministries.com offer. We highly recommend Pastor Joel's book, Am I Truly Saved? If you or someone you know has wrestled with doubts about the love of God, this would be a great resource. As a reminder, to get this offer, go to rightresponseministries.com offer. And thank you for your generous support.